Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. In 2015, Portland began Vision Zero, a 10-year plan to eliminate all traffic-related deaths. But despite the program's efforts, traffic deaths in the city have continued to increase. Now Portland has hit a 70-year high in recorded pedestrian deaths, and Mingus Maps, the city commissioner who's overseeing the Portland Bureau of Transportation, or PBOT, has to forge a new path on traffic safety. And he thinks he might have the missing component for its success, increased traffic enforcement. But how will he do it? And what unintended consequences might those policies have? Today on CityCast Portland, Commissioner Maps is here to answer our questions. It's Wednesday, March 8th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Commissioner Maps, thank you so much for making the time. Of course. I heard that you're a big uh, bike commuter. I Unfortunately, I do less bike biking uh, since I've gotten into this job than I used to, but uh, uh, it's certainly my preferred mode of transportation. There was a quote that you said uh, that one of the reasons you were really into biking, I'm sure there's a lot more because yeah. biking is awesome, but uh, you, you stated that you also enjoyed biking because you were able to avoid driving cars yeah. because when you get behind the wheel of a car, you, you feel like you have fewer civil rights than anyone else. Is that still the case? Well, I would say that the world has evolved a lot in the last uh, couple of years, and my life has evolved a lot in the last couple of years. Um, at this point, um, you know, we always need to work at making our public safety system uh, fairer and safer for everybody. I feel like I get a fairly um, fair shake from the Portland Police Bureau. Uh, but I still would rather not be behind the wheel of a car uh, um, if I don't have to be. Uh, clearly, driving is a dangerous activity. Um, I would much rather not run that risk. Uh, it is, even if you uh, manage to make it to your destination okay, um, you know, traffic is frustrating. It's not good for the environment. It's uh, certainly, uh, I was a lot skinnier when I was getting everywhere by my bike, and I, I miss those days too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wonder if you're getting a fair shake because you're now a commissioner. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I'm sure that has something to do with it. Yeah. Um, I, I think it also probably has something to do with uh, this council's commitment to making um, our public safety system more equitable for people who look like me. Yeah. So one of the actions you're proposing to lower pedestrian deaths is for uh, more traffic enforcement, Yeah, which is something that you've uh, mentioned is a reason you're not that fond of driving. And I'm curious how you think other people of color uh, would be receiving this news if they're thinking like, oh, we were heading in a good direction. I mean, recently, like in 2021, Portland police officers were directed to deprioritize stopping drivers for for low level traffic violations uh, a lot because of, of the numbers of, of the bias stops that uh, they were recording. So I'm just wondering, do you think we're going backwards well, certainly in terms of traffic deaths, we are going backwards. I'll tell you, in the last five years, traffic deaths in Portland have 
um, essentially doubled uh, during that time. Our infrastructure has not gotten twice as bad, uh, um, but the intervening variable that has happened here is that we have gotten rid of uh, traffic enforcement. Um, I do think in retrospect, uh, uh, um, some of that was a mistake. And um, if you're a person of color like me who has kids who are, will be riding their bikes home from school in about an hour, uh, I certainly want to, want to make sure that we have, you know, cops pulling over, getting drunk drivers and drug drivers off the road. Right. And what makes you believe that uh, traffic enforcement is going to be the answer for that? Like, do we have proof of it, of there being like numbers that correlate with that? Or, you know, because I'm, I'm curious because I remember PBOT's Vision Zero program yep. had a very similar directive. It's actually very close to what you're suggesting. And that program ended in 2021 because of its lack of success. It's great that you have that to sort of build upon. I'm wondering what's different from what you're asking. Vision Zero is still very much with us. There might have been some administrative changes that happened there, but, you know, go to the PBOT website, you know, search around and find the Vision Zero page. Vision Zero is alive and well. Um, obviously, it, in many ways, it's aspirational. Uh, when we were looking at, what, I think 57 uh, uh, traffic-related deaths last year, our goal was to get to zero. Uh, um, it's going to take us a while to get to zero. Um, I think we can bring that down by 10% this year through investments of better infrastructure and uh, the bringing back some enforcement. Uh, but Vision Zero did not go away. It's very robust. I've had probably three meetings on Vision Zero in the last 10 days. Oh, okay. So what you're proposing, like basically your plan is still, it's an extension of Vision Zero? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So where are these uh, stats or where where is this uh, information coming from that you're building your uh, policies from, I guess is what I'm wondering. Because I want to read that. I want to go in there and be like, okay, what's going on? How is this working? Sure. So if you go to portland.gov backslash transportation backslash vision zero. Oh, I'm there. I'm there now. Yeah, yeah. And so there you will find um, our various documents. Uh, you, you can see the programs that we've brought forward in recent years. We're a, literally a data-driven uh, organization. Uh, you know, Vision Zero is its probably effective to think of uh, Vision Zero as being a strategy for managing risk on the highways. Um, so you might check out, if you're looking for information, you might check out our Vision Zero dashboard. You know, and broadly, what we try to do in terms of bringing down traffic deaths is to focus in on high crash corridors. So we track um, the spaces where people tend to have car wrecks or pedestrian car interactions or bike car uh, um, crashes um, constantly in real time. Um, anytime we have a traffic fatality, we send folks out there to actually examine the physical infrastructure in the space and see if there are um, physical changes we can make to, to the space to make it safer. The very nature of transportation planning is it has to literally be driven by um, data, you know, and we, mm -hmm. we, and this data here I'm looking is at, uh, if you go to the Vision Zero dashboard, uh, they talk about what data is included in this. We look at street design, we look at speed reductions, we looked at uh, fixed speed cameras, we look at education and outreach and re recent crashes. Um, I think we have a fairly robust model of, of risk on our um, public rights, rights of way. Cool. Thanks for taking the time to break that down. Sure. Uh, I guess my, my follow-up question to that is just wondering if it's the same data that you've been using that has not been working. Uh, yes, I would say um, I would say 
Yes, we haven't. I took over this job about two months ago. I haven't come in with a new data set. Uh, certainly what we are doing is taking a look at the data that we have uh, in a mo uh, with a set of fresh eyes. Um, cool. I think your comments do point to this fact that um, uh, given the trends that we've seen, we need to do something different and something more. Um, you know, I think bringing down traffic dust is going to be essentially an incremental process. Again, we could talk about infrastructure. Um, if you're talking about probably the, the new insight, which is kind of developed uh, since I've taken over the, over this portfolio, it probably has to do with the insight that um, enforcement seems to be an important missing piece to our Vision Zero strategy, which makes sense because, you know, PBOT does not uh, run traffic enforcement missions. That's something which the local police do and the state police do. Uh, so they can't wave a wand uh, to make that happen. But as one of our um, elected leaders here in the city of Portland, Part of what I can do is talk to the mayor's office and the mayor's in charge of police and talk to the governor because she's in charge of the state police and make, I think, the pretty um, plausible um, hypothesis that uh, given the surge in traffic deaths we see out there, one of the missing pieces that we need to change is to bring back some traffic enforcement. Um, mm -hmm. And frankly, I'm not getting a lot of, I think there's some consensus around that. Um, Although, you know, we will actually have to try it to see if it uh, works. Uh, if traffic enforcement doesn't um, bring down traffic deaths, um, that's an important lesson. Uh, um, I suspect it will, but, uh, and I'll certainly pledge to the people of Portland that uh, we'll evaluate the results uh, um, when traffic enforcement does increase. Is there a correlation between having, you know, cops and state troopers pull uh, drug drivers off the road? Does that bring down traffic deaths? I kind of think it will, but, um, you know, We'll let the data tell the story. All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, let's talk about how the proposed increase in traffic enforcement uh, will roll out. Do you have a plan for the city to conduct more traffic stops without falling into the same old pattern of over-policing people of color? Absolutely. Uh, we're doing exciting work uh, around all of that. Well, I should also say that we do have a dilemma here. Um, at this point, We, although the size of our police force uh, has begun to grow, we are still not at the point where we can actually uh, fully staff out a um, traffic enforcement division. However, um, I sure hope that as we move into the future, uh, we be begin to move in that direction. Uh, you will see, I believe, on uh, certain days and certain times, uh, um, specialized missions by the Portland Police Bureau around traffic enforcement. Uh, and certainly we're also talking to the governor's office to see if the state police can help us on uh, the state highways. Yeah, that's my... It's my next question, uh, it's so interesting because as, as I stated, the police department was just like uh, people with like lower infraction uh, traffic stops, like let's stop doing that because oh, I don't, I forget the exact stats, but it's so dangerous. That's like one of the most dangerous parts of a police officer's workday. Yeah. Um, and not just because people are attacking them, but because cars are hitting them as they're pulling uh, people over or they're out. It's just dangerous uh, for everyone involved. So I'm wondering how you're going to convince the uh, state to get behind this. Where are you in that process? Because you're right, the, the Portland Police Bureau doesn't have a dedicated enforcement division. So why would the state agree to do it if the city isn't even putting the resources in? Well, first, you know, law enforcement officials, whether you're working for the Portland Police Bureau or for uh, uh, um, state agencies, run at enormous risk every day. 
uh, um, you know, the folks who sign up uh, uh, for that work um, exhibit an enormous amount of courage. Um, I've never seen a police officer uh, or a state police trooper um, refuse to take on a task just because they uh, um, carried some risk, um, although they are often and quite appropriately demand the appropriate tools and the appropriate parameters around doing this. Uh, um, so the, the risk part, I think, um, we need to manage. Uh, and how do we um, actually get the state more involved in conversations? Um, well, frankly, you, what you do is you sit down and have conversations with the governor's office. Uh, the governor sees the rising uh, traffic deaths in the state of Oregon and Portland in particular and on our state highways. Uh, to her credit, she, I believe that she uh, sees this as an, uh, as an important problem and uh, has actually been a constructive um, thought partner about how we can do what we can do both at the state and local level to make our streets safe. Yeah. And where are you in those conversations? Does it look like you're going to be getting the Oregon State Police to start policing Portland streets for uh, traffic infractions? I believe the state, the uh, Oregon State Police are likely to uh, police state highways for traffic traffic infractions. Uh, I'm hopeful of that. Um, I don't I don't have any particular announcements uh, um, to make today, but I sure hope that before this year is over, we will have some announcements in that space. And I know we're out of time. Could I ask you one quick, silly of question? Of course. <laughs> uh, what is your uh, favorite Charles Mingus track? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I suggest the whole portfolio. One of the great things about Charles Mingus is that he has <laughs> a rich and deep uh, portfolio. It's not necessarily like listening to the hit parades, but it's a great name and legacy to have because you can dip into his oeuvre at many points in your life and, um, and find something meaningful. So I'd encourage, if you don't know Charles Mingus, uh, you can go to YouTube or one of your music streaming services and just uh, dip into uh, whatever kind of strikes your interest. And I encourage you to do that um, over time, because as at least I found, uh, I probably hear Mingus differently uh, as a young man and a middle-aged guy. And I'm sure as I get into my uh, golden years, I'll uh, take something out else uh, um, from his work, too. Oh, that's great. Well, if you run for mayor next year, do you think you're going to use the Mingus track? Oh, I don't know. I'll tell you, I, you, 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 you cause me to shiver when you talk about uh, our future elections. Right now, I'm really focused in on our May elections. We got some important races over at the county, uh, school board, um, ed special education districts. I encourage everyone uh, who hasn't tuned into those yet to um, read your voter's guide when it comes in and um, also worry about future elections after we get to the election in front of us. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much, Commissioner Maps. Sure. And now for your microdose of news. Portland's equity director resigned unexpectedly last week, citing a conflict with her boss, Commissioner Dan Ryan. Lisa Watson was hired to lead the Office of Equity and Human Rights last year, and Commissioner Dan Ryan was put in charge of the Bureau in January. OPB obtained a Watson's resignation letter where she said, I have come to realize that this new structure is not a fit for me and my leadership style. It's also been reported that Watson will not receive severance pay from the city. And I really do hope someone on the inside hits us with a Twitter thread soon to inform us all on what actually happened. And a company that has invested millions of dollars in Oregon's nascent psilocybin therapy industry has abruptly gone dark, potentially leaving students out of thousands of dollars. Dutch company Synthesis Institute ran an online training program for facilitators here in Oregon. 
but the company abruptly announced it was indefinitely pausing operations in the state last week. The move is leading to speculation that the company has gone bankrupt. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. And that's all for today here on CityCast Portland. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's.